Don't get it twisted. This isn't your typical podcast. This is Typical Twist, your one-stop shop podcast for mind-tingling interviews with guests you won't want to miss. So sit back, buckle up, and get ready for a diverse range of topics and discussions with interesting and dynamic people from all walks of life. And now, your hosts, the men themselves, Josh Ludke and Tony Jaloy. Hey folks, welcome back to Typical Twist. Seven days before JFK was assassinated, he has a very famous quote. Well, I don't know if it's famous enough because I hadn't heard of it until this previous week, but it was famous enough to make it on the internet. But JFK said, there's a plot in this country to enslave every man, woman, and child. Before I leave this high and noble office, I intend to expose this plot. That was seven days before JFK was assassinated. Something interesting to ponder your thoughts upon. But welcome to Typical Twist. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Ludke. I'm joined tonight with the two other co-hosts, Mr. Tony Jaloy and Mr. Chris Murren. What's welcome up? Welcome to the show, boys. <laughs> Christopher, how you doing? I'm happy to be here and I'm happy, like Good. usual. That's what I like to hear. We won't say why, but he's happy. Well, I got a trip. I got a trip coming up here. Um, me and my roommates are heading down to Denver, and I'm gonna be out of commission here for a week. But that's why we're getting some recording out of the way now, yep. you know. Yes. So this is being recorded on Tuesday, May third. It will be released on Sunday. So if we talk about anything that is yet to happen, then that's why. And I'm sure that we will because last night Politico had released some documents that were in regards to the Supreme Court's ruling on Roe vs. Wade. And obviously some clerk or some worker that had access to this information leaked it out to get a rise out of liberals and to get them to go and be mad in the streets. So then maybe one of the justices turns their vote to the other side. Would you guys think that's reasonable to us? Well, of course. I've never seen a leak before a Supreme Court ruling. There's never been one. Never. That's so unethical. Really? There no, never has there's been? There's never been one. I, I, yeah. I, and to be honest with oh. you, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't one of the Supreme Court justices themselves. Because mm-hmm. we have some pretty far-fetched, uh, or not far-fetched, but far-left uh, Supreme Court justices on there. Of course, they'll never be called out. Somebody else will take the rap for it. But, you know, that's just my thoughts because a lot of them votes that take place, if it's my understanding, it's all in private. Um, I mean, very, very minimal people have access to them type of votes. So, I mean, you know, you do the math, Josh. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it don't take, and it's not like you got a room full of 50 people. I mean, so it shouldn't take very long to kind of narrow down who did what and when. So, but we shall find out. I would agree. Last night, Tony and I talked on the phone for quite a while and we had a very interesting conversation. And after I hung up the phone with him, I looked up some more interesting facts and articles in regards to the conversation. But in the year 1960, 90% of Americans identified as Christian. 
in the United States. In 2020, it is around 65%. And I'm sorry that I'm kind of jumping around, but if we backtrack to 2015, it was 70%. So from 1960 to 2020, we've decreased approximately 25%. And it's starting to increase at a much quicker rate because prior to that, it would drop like one or two percents within five years. But now we're dropping at five or six percent per five years. Did it mention what they were going to instead? Like, was it atheism or like, what? Well, I mean, like, you know? Yeah, basically atheism. I mean, non-belief. You don't really hear the word atheist thrown around a lot anymore, but I just want to clarify with everybody listening. If you don't believe in God, you're an atheist. It's that plain and simple. I mean, that is that is the definition of of an atheist, but or atheism. Um, but you don't hear the word very much anymore. And I think that that's because a lot of people try to rebrand themselves because that word has a lot of negative or a lot of negativity towards it, obviously. Right. But I mean, I mean, if you're going right. to be it, then be it. I mean, don't, don't be it. Don't be a, you know, whatever about it. Just, just man up and be whatever you are. So. Um, oh yeah. And like the approach I take more of it is like, I don't try to like, portray an image of God to my head, you know, like I, I don't believe as God is a specific person with human characteristics and features or, you know, anything like that. It's just kind of like a concept to follow, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, God, the reason why, I mean, of course I believe in God and, you know, and the Bible says that he made Jesus in his own image. So that's why I do believe that there is some type of bodily effect. I mean, I don't know what that is, obviously, because I've never met him. But I mean, I. Oh yeah, well, I'm assuming he could make himself in exactly. any form that he chooses. And that, that is true. And and to to kind of go back on what you said, Chris, you know, God, I don't believe I believe God can impact people through, um, just basically through spirit, not necessarily through physical body, but through spiritual body. So. I think people have to remember that because God is talking to everybody uh, throughout every single day they're alive, basically, and they never physically see him, but of course he's there and he's talking to them. And I think it's important that people understand that. I think, I think whenever you like bring everything back and me and Josh did, we had a great conversation last night. It was a pretty good conversation, but I think whenever you bring everything back and you just step away from everything and you look at everything from afar, at the end of the day, you know that 90% of your interaction inwardly is somewhat spiritual. And, you know, and most people don't even really realize it, but it is. I mean, you know, the majority of time you spend talking to your roommates, you know, is one thing, but then think about all them times that you're by yourself or in your room by yourself and you're having these conversations within yourself you know your head thinking about what how you're going to do something when you're going to do it a lot of that could be spiritually invoked as well i believe i mean it just depends on how deep of a person is too it's very simple to start a relationship with god yeah have you guys heard of it's it's called the egg a short story I have yeah not. i've seen that video on youtube it's a good video i have not seen that yeah that video like you should you should definitely look that up, Tony. I'm gonna okay, also send you the link when yeah, we definitely. get done recording. But um, that video kind of had me. I was like, wow, that's a really, it's a positive way to think about it. Like at, at the end of the day, none of us know, but um, believing that 
everything you interact with, you know, it, it's kind of along the thing, a line of God rebirths you and you have to live every conceivable life and then you become a part of God. Yeah. I guess. And what I always tell people too, is it's better to believe in God and know that he's going to be there when you die than not to believe in him and him be there when you die. Yeah, that'll be an awkward conversation you're going to have to have. A lot of the science just doesn't add up either. That was one of the other things that pulled me towards God was modern day science does not add up. A lot of history involved with science does not add up and it's not factual. And You want to explain what you mean by that a little bit, Josh? Yeah, a couple things would be evolution. Evolution, I never fully believed in when I learned about it in the education system. And once I met Tony, Tony and I had some very good conversations, and we've actually had good conversations on air, so you'd have to go check it out sometime. But evolution is most definitely a made-up thing to pull humans away from God taking the time to perfectly craft every single one of us and make us into the people who we are today. And whenever science gets involved with anything, the main objective is to pull one away from God because for every scientific argument, there's a spiritual argument. And I think Tony could probably attest to that. When someone thinks about yeah. the frequency of the earth, if you think about how the earth operates, I think we all are well aware that there's definitely some kind of energy or frequencies that control how we all operate. I think that's more spiritual than it is scientific, but it can be explained either way. Right. Would you agree that uh, the way the Bible describes the creation of earth is not exactly meant to be taken in a literal sense. I think that what's in the Bible is true. Well, and, and you know, go, going back to evolution real quick, my my explanation for that or my debate, whatever you want to call it, is if evolution was real, then why is that transition phase still not occurring to this day? I mean, name one other species that has went through evolution and both species still exist. There is no other there is no other example. I mean, so to me that is kind of counter Well, how long how long have humans been around? I mean, apparently. Well, I mean, it depends on who you ask. Uh, me personally, years? I believe that. But right. yeah, if you ask scientists, I mean, of course some scientists will say upwards of billions of years. I mean, they won't even put a number on it. They'll just say billions of years. And you know, at the end of the like, day, though, that transitioning phase has apparently ceased. When apes are born, they still grow up and they become just like they were the, the, day, the day they were born. <laughs> so, you know, same way with humans. So like and then whenever we discuss that factor, then we have to look at other factors. In my opinion, we have to look at every other species on Earth, not just humans, but every species and name any other species that has evoluted basically to another kind altogether none of them there is none none of them so well i mean so the theory of of i don't believe in evolution personally either i'm i'm, I'm with you guys on that but i mean evolution is something that well apparently like i think we're always like evolving i guess in yeah a sense, rather than saying evolution of course is, we are like, you know the factual thing to say 
but like it happens so slow like you think if if there wasn't any land and we were just you know fucking people swimming in the water would we over a course of five million years develop you know parts of our body that would make us more susceptible to swimming and what such as fins something like that maybe you know like i I mean i'd I don't personally I don't believe so, Chris. And the reason I don't is because, you know, I mean, the way I look at stuff like that, whenever science gets a little bit of craziness added to it, which definitely in today's world, science has a lot of craziness added to it. I look at animals because animals obviously are undebatable. I mean, you can't really sit there and tear them apart. I mean, they are what they are. So if you look at something, say, like an alligator, I mean, alligators are one of the oldest, you know, land, sea animals around, supposedly. Now, I don't know the exact dates of them. But they have to this day yet to be born with any kind of other special functionality. I mean, they haven't turned into any kind of fish. They haven't turned into any kind of Loch Ness monster, which, you know, that whole story was crazy back in the day. Um, And then you go forward and you look at things like snakes. You know, snakes have been crawling on land for years. You would think that they would evolute into growing legs, but they don't. Their bodies adjust, obviously, to land compared to water but their bodies themselves don't transform. And I think there's a big difference between adjusting to an atmosphere and transforming to an atmosphere. And, you know, evolution is about transforming. It's about saying you were this and now you're this. And there is no other species on the face of the planet that's ever went through that. So therefore, I don't believe humans have done that either. I understand where you're coming from, Chris, though. It's unarguable that I don't know if I just made up a word there, but you can't argue (laughs) with one about humans evolving within their own species. Are we bigger, faster, and stronger than people were 3,000, 4,000 years ago? Of course. And that's... I don't know about that. I I think they've made us weaker with the, you know, decreasing our testosterone. I was getting ready to say the same thing. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, you look around, you look around at our parents. I look at people like my dad or your dad, Josh, and they seem to be like heftier, bigger men. And then you look at most men our age, they seem to be smaller, you know, like we, we, we've (laughs) kind of scrawny went. Yeah, exactly. That's more of a norm that I'm seeing. I mean, we have an obesity problem, but I'm seeing like that being a thing. You're either fat or skinny. But you have to ask yourself too that that transitioning phase, like even if we go back as long as we can possibly go back in our own minds, which would be biblical times for me. Of course, you can go back further than that even. But we'll what just, about the ability to handle off a virus? I think that's arguable with you guys. What are you talking about? Well, I think modern medicine has modern medicine has weakened the nat like how naturally strong we are. Yeah immunity wise from diseases i mean you know like when the black plague whatever came around i don't know how many people it killed it killed a, a third a of the population population right but now we have all these medicines that in a sense i mean my our our teacher miss myers said this argument to us back in high school josh it's like people that technically shouldn't even be alive survive you know what i mean that if they didn't have these modern advancements in in medicine these people would not be alive and to carry and to bring out those genes that are susceptible to these things. Like people were just, and you know, honestly going along with that, Chris too, that can be trans transformed back into the whole evolution talk. And, you know, America, you know, take America, for instance, we are some of the smartest humans on the face of the planet, as far as intelligence in the brain goes right now. I think we can all agree with that. I mean, we're able to build things, Americans, well, yeah, not just Americans, but the human race of today. Like, 
Oh, I, I no, I no, you're wrong. fine. I did say America at first, but I had to, tr- I had to fix that real quick. But yeah, I disagree with you. Well, there's people with PhDs who think there's multiple genders. Well, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying everybody is smarter, Josh, but I'm saying if you look at today's world compared to the world 200 years ago and you look at it from a technology standpoint or just in general, a medicine standpoint, we have definitely came a long ways with advancements in certain areas that they only dreamed about back, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago. And that's a very small, minimal time period too. But to add to that, you would think with all of the technology and all of the crazy smart people we have, as far as understanding all them aspects of life, we would have cures for cancer, cures for AIDS, cures for so many diseases, but yet we don't. So my point in saying that is the human race can get smarter. The human race can. That's because there's too much profit in the treatment. Well, not only that, but honestly, I think it's also because there's not enough brains there because God isn't allowing it. And I think that's because here's my thing, guys. If if the humans are so smart and we have all these advanced treatments, why is some of your wealthiest people in the world still dying at the age of 50, 60, 70, 80 years old? I mean, technically, as smart as we are with all of these advancements, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos should be able to live until they're at least 400 years old. And actually, Walt Disney, unless his family has taken him out of it, Walt Disney is still frozen because he was a firm believer that the world was going to be able to unfreeze him and basically bring him back to life. <laughs> so, well, yeah, and you're what, that's is, real. what you're seeing with technology, and oh yeah, well, I I don't know if it is or not, but what we're seeing with technology and just the advancement of society is, at the farther we go, the faster it accelerates. Exactly. Um, I mean, com- you know, our phones, our computers. It used to be, you know, they made a computer and they came out with a new thing, whatever, whatever, so often. But now we're getting new technology that comes out. Almost that's because we're almost at the end of times. And it was predicted in the Bible how technologies and chaos would come at a much more rapid rate than it used to, in which it totally is. And we're following the exact same footsteps as the Egyptians, but this time, God ain't letting any of us survive, in my opinion. And what I mean by that, yeah, what I mean by that is... The Egyptians became infatuated with themselves. They became infatuated with golds and silvers and the lust of women and all of these earthly possessions. And there was this guy running around about the same time called Noah. And Noah was telling people that they need to stop focusing on these earthly possessions and instead focus their attention and time towards God People mocked him. They made fun of him. And what did God do? Exactly as he said he was going to do. He brought a flood. What did God predict? What did God say he was going to do when humans became infatuated with themselves, earthly items, men becoming in love with other men, all of us breaking commandments and such? And also another thing to tie into this whole shebang is the Egyptians were trying to merge animals in themselves and they did and you'll see these very weird photos online of these beastly looking men where they were half human half animal well we're doing a very we're doing a very similar thing right now boys we're about to merge technology with man we're following the same footsteps as the Egyptians and I'm seeing it and 
It's coming. I just, we don't know when, but it's coming. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you even see the drawings on their, you know, in their, whatever their caves or their rocks or whatever the, you know, hell they drew on, you know. Um, these, these beings that don't look exactly human, you know. Uh, That's because and, they tried to become God, Chris. What do you think humans are trying to do now by creating this technology where humans can live forever? You can download your conscious onto a chip. That's not okay. Yeah. People are trying to but become God. This- God gave us right, but all- our humanly body. God gave us our problems, our genetic disorders. He gave us all of that stuff for a reason. And the the fact that people want to live here forever is mind-boggling. There's nothing here to live well, yeah. for forever. The only thing worth— Well, I think the fact— that- I'm sorry, Chris. You can go. Go for it. Yeah, Have yeah, the floor. Mean. Well, I, I was just saying, I think the fact that we know we're going to die is what creates the urgency to fucking get up and do something with your life. But these chips that we're talking about, I mean, they are going to, you know, these things that we're talking about that are super bad for society that I believe are going to have a lot of benefits. I mean, these chips that Elon Musk is creating apparently is going to cure epilepsy. It can cure blindness. It can cure people who are paralyzed, but they would have to put a different part of the chip in your in your spine, of course. But these advancements that are, would be made would be obviously looked at as a good thing. Yeah, and honestly, if that is if that is achievable, it would be a good thing. I mean, as far as that goes, I just don't know when the stopping point would be. And that's what always is concerning is well, yeah. when the stopping point is going to occur. And, you know, I, that's... I mean, I also think uh, in, in regards to that, too... Um, what do you say, Tony? What's your famous line? Maintain... Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you talked about last night. I think that the world always thinks it has to be changing because change is defined as progression whenever in reality, it's not really. It truly is. And I've said this for years and people I don't think get it until it's too late sometimes. But sometimes progression is literally maintaining, you know, and that's why God says in the Bible, I'm the Lord and I change not. I mean, so if the Lord, if God and Jesus isn't concerning about, is it concerned about changing, but yet maintaining, then that tells you right there that there is an end game. You don't always have to be constantly moving forward. But unfortunately, we live in a world now, well, not just now, but and the world's been that way forever. I mean, where the human mind thinks that it has to be constantly seeking out new things and new adventures, and it has to be taking that step forward. And I mean, I've had that conversation with a lot of close friends that do, you know, political stuff and, and all that for a living, you know, whether it be newscasting or whether it be just an activist in general. And, you know, they always are amazed by that. But the thing is, is that's the reason you can't stop what's in front of you because nobody's ever going to stop because the world just don't understand how to. I totally agree. And, like, and honestly, Jesus knew on? that. Jesus knew that. That's why the Bible predicted it. In as order I mentioned to ten stop, minutes ago, in order to stop it, you have to end the people doing it. And that's why you've seen these great resets throughout history: the Great Flood, Sodom and Gomorrah getting burned to the ground. That's why you know when God has seen these things happening, He's reset the world. I mean, people always say, you know, well, why did He do what He did? It was a reset. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. It was a reset. It was like, hey, you've gone too far. There's no coming back because it's constantly moving forward. So therefore, I'm ending everything, and we're going to start from scratch once again. And once again, we are now moving forward just like Sodom and Gomorrah did, just like the days before the Great Flood. 
And we don't know how to stop because maintaining isn't appeasing to most people's minds because they can't grasp that maintaining. They is want actually, more and more and more, Tony. Yeah. Maintaining is actually more difficult than change. I love when people always say, you know, change is hard, change is this, you know, or the people out there who thinks they're big and bad when they say, oh, I like change. I, I, I like to embrace change. Well, that don't make you harder. It doesn't make you intelligent. It actually makes you ignorant and stupid because change is exactly obviously what God is against because he says, I'm the Lord and I change not. I mean, there is no redefining that. So maintaining is the hardest thing for one to do. And if you really think about it, it truly is like take something even minimal like this, Chris, you know, you and Jake have a job now and you know, I ain't going to say where you work cause I don't know if I'm going to do that too, but you know, so where you work at most of the people there, in their minds, they are working towards another step in their life. If I went in there and said, how many people want to be in this exact same job, this exact same position, this exact same pay 20 years from now, nobody would raise their hand, most likely. So, you know, and I'm not saying they should, I'm not saying that either, but I'm just giving an example. But that is actually the same thing with everything, every aspect of life when it comes to the human race. Nobody understands how hard it is to maintain. Well, that's what sucks, Tony, too is because a lot of people maintain who they are instead of taking the time for internal growth and to become a better person, but they're yeah. willing to change for societal norms like that. Yeah. And I just want to throw this out it's, there real quick, Josh. I mean, I'm guilty of this too, guys. I'm not saying like I don't ever change and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm not trying to act like whatever, like holier than thou. Cause I definitely ain't either. I'm always constantly moving forward and I try to watch myself, you know, I try to like come back to the roots but it's extremely hard to do. And I think that's why life is hard. I don't think life's hard because of moving forward. I think life becomes hard because we are moving forward. <laughs> if we just stopped and that's, that's really hard to do is stopping. The stopping part's hard to do. So, but that's what Jesus was able to do. Jesus was able to go out into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights and only drink water. Exactly. When Jesus walked the earth, he never progressed. He was the same person every day, every second, every hour. He preached the same word. He abided. Wore the same clothes every single day. Yeah. I mean, he was love. And that's exactly what love does. Love changes not. I mean, and that's what unconditional love is the hardest single thing to find in today's world. But the thing is, is that exact same thing has been the hardest thing to find since the world's began. Because well, ask yourself this. I mean, if we want to get biblical here unconditional love back to Adam and Eve. I mean, God did everything for them. He gave them life, breathed life into them, developed them into human beings, made the earth, made day and night, made the waters and the sea, and asked them to do one thing, asked them not to do one thing, I'm sorry, asked them not to do one thing, and what did they do? They did it. So, I mean, that right there tells you how greedy humans have been since the ex goddamn the Eve. <laughs> well, but you know, I well, mean that's the other thing too is there's not too much that we can do as humans or as a species to stop the end of the earth. Yeah, there's not. We can do things to stop the progression of it by maybe a few years or maybe a decade. But at the end of the day, the farther the general public gets away from God, 
the quicker we are going to come to time of being condemned. Exactly. And that's why I've always said, you know, Chris, like 2035 to me, it just sounds golden. There's no rhyme or reason behind that, by the way. It's just something that I feel very comfortable with saying. But I mean, that's why I've always said once that shift shifts completely over, majority speaking, from Christianity, believing in God, having God in everyday life of children and adults, to the majority of the nation not having that, then our step forward is going to become a sprint. It's going to become a run. So, um, I mean, it's already right there at it right now, basically, but you know, we're still at that threshold. We're still at that threshold. You know, we're about 65, 63% Christianity still in our nation. So that's why you see some reserves. That's why you see some breaks. Obviously the case today with the Supreme court is a good news thing for conservatives, for people who believe in morals. It is a good thing, but it's not going to be long from now. And that'll be reversed. It'll be, you know, of course, you know, put back up before the courts and the courts will approve it. And, You'll see that reversed eventually in time, obviously, but it's a small victory for now, and it helps slow down that walk. Same way with everything else. Um, but you know, but I, I just don't like people. Here's to get one there. thing that I hear a lot of times, Tony, with people who are against Christianity or are question questioning Christianity is why does God use fear as a form of control? And what's so ironic is a lot of those people who would say that would also come and listen to our show and call us crazy conspiracy theorists who are trying to spread fear into the people. But let me just read an article to you guys. This comes from Fox News today, or a couple days ago, May 2nd. D.C. elementary school gave four-year-olds anti-racism fistbook asking them to identify racist family members. It's not your fault for having white privilege, but it is your fault if you choose to ignore it. That's what a teacher gave to kids in pre-K through third grade at a D.C. elementary school. Exactly. And where I'm going with that, guys, is fear is used as the main form of control to advance society when it comes to cultural norms. When you think about gay marriage— Slowly over time, they started to normalize it. They started to use psychological phrases and words that had a lot of power and moved a lot of people in a certain direction. They're doing the same thing when it comes to the current race war in our country. And there's a lot of people who believe it. There's people who are black walking around thinking that every single white person has white privilege. There's white people walking around thinking that they have done something wrong because of the school system or what the media has told them. And that's, they are using fear to control people into doing the things that they want to do. Look at COVID-19. What What did they use as the main form of control? Fear. They use, they put that doubt into the people. Oh, well, we don't really know that much about this virus in China. Ha, really? You guys don't know that much? Ha ha, I'm sure. Yeah. Also, what you mentioned, I don't think is very effective. I think it's kind of adding fuel to the fire of the race war, you know, Um, just like I think with dare, you know, like making me promise not to do drugs and, and do all this stuff honestly probably made me more likely to be interested in it. I thought you kept that promise. Be ex- willing to experiment <laughs> with it. I said, I thought What's you that? kept that promise. <laughs> oh, definitely Sorry, go not. ahead, Chris. Sorry. But I also said that I would try. 
I also said that I would try. I didn't say that I, I wouldn't. I remember specifically <laughs> saying I will try <laughs> to stay away from these things. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think to uh, one verse that really I always like is Proverbs nine ten, and I, I don't know. I'm not trying to get biblical with everybody, but um, sometimes it's the best the best way to answer things. And oh, you're good, man. We've been Proverbs nine ten so says <laughs> the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So, like. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, I mean, that's that's right there in the Bible. So, obviously, exactly. God wants you to fear him because he knows without fear, you will not believe in him. And let me tell you something. Or whenever a that rain, person. Whenever that rain started falling and Noah was in his ark, a lot of people realized that they screwed up because the fear set in. They knew then he was real. And the same thing is going to happen the second time around as well. I would totally agree. And I'm very grateful that you were able to kind of tie up that loop. So thank you, Tony. Oh yeah, no, you're welcome. As soon as you said that, it kind of it brought back the whole verse to me because it's actually one of my favorite verses because everybody thinks and, and don't get me wrong, God is very loving and I believe Jesus is very loving. And but I think sometimes people push that envelope to the point to support things that he literally does not support. He does not support abortion. He does not support homosexual marriage. He does not support, in my opinion, he does not support adultery um, because he says thou shalt not commit adultery. And that's a huge hell. Iffy, no, he does not support that's, adultery. That's a huge iffy topic because you know, of course, we live in a world now where how many people are divorced, Josh? I mean, I think the divorce rates are close to seventy percent now. So. And a lot of them divorces happen because of adultery. So guess what, guys? I mean, I don't I didn't write the Bible, so you can't get mad at me. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to have a little bit of fear of God in order to obey God. So these people out here running around saying, Well, God is love. Well, yeah, God is love, but define love. And this goes back to a couple episodes ago. We talked about this exact thing, I feel like. You know, love is different for everybody, but God is the definition, the true definition of love. You know, he's the one who created us and we are here for one purpose. And he that's not gives us mind. the source of that energy. Exactly. You have a choice every single day when you make interactions with other people. You have a choice every single day with what you do with your time to a certain degree. Of yeah. course, we have to pay bills. We got to get by, work a job, so forth. But... That's only a certain amount of hours out of the day. Well, and this and is, even within those hours, you're still making decisions. You have free will. Yeah, and I do want to give one example because I know some of the people listening may not understand fully what I'm saying. But whenever you have fear of somebody, they can still love you. I think fear is associated with hatred. But it's very simple, and I'll just throw this out there and I'll be done. But it's like parents. You know, when Josh was young, when I was young, when Chris was young, you know, our parents, when you guys were young, your parents, you feared them at some points in life or whoever your authoritarian figure was, whoever your guardian was. So, cause I know a lot of people grew up in single family homes. Some people grew up without parents. So whatever that case may be for you, neither here nor they, at the end of the day, you had some fear when you was a child growing up, you know, you start to stick your finger in a light socket, you'd get a spanking or you'd get set in time out. You know, you hit somebody in the face, you get a whipping or get set in time out. You feared the person that loved you and that there's no difference in that same type of fear with God. God with loves God. you, but and he's here's the also other thing too, boys. not going to accept everything When we everything feared our do. parents in those situations, it was deserving. 
And that's the same thing when it comes to the fear of God, because we know we're deserving of it. We know what decisions we make on a daily basis or the decisions we've made in the past. But at the end of the day, God gave us another chance to become better today, to become closer to him and closer to Jesus and all around become a better and more loving person and add value to other people's lives. So it's up to the individual, in my opinion, truly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. All right. Do you guys have anything else to add to this episode today? Well, I had a lot of fun. I thought we were going to talk about uh, Elon Musk for a few seconds here because Chris had some good points to mention about him. Okay, yeah, that would that would work. Let's run with it. Yeah, I can, so, um, I mean, this is kind of not going to be in relation to what we've been talking about, but, uh, you know, the left seems a little bit pissed off that Elon bought Twitter. Why is that? I think it's because they're losing media bias control over, you know, they're losing their bias over social media, and that's why they're so terrified of it, and they're, you know, I, I couldn't imagine being on the opposite side of free speech. That's pretty much all I'd have to say about it, you know? It, it couldn't be me. Yeah, and I couldn't imagine supporting censorship or starting a ministry within the United States government called the Ministry of Truth. Exactly. Yep. What a shitty. Yeah, name. it is. <laughs> and I mean, I think one thing you pointed out earlier, Chris, in our text messages that I liked was they really have nothing to be proud about. I mean, right now, the way the Democratic Party is sitting. They literally do have, honestly, zero things to be proud about. and Yeah, they're on the defensive entirely, on foreign policy, on the border, on censorship, on anything, any measurable thing with politics with them, they are on the defensive side of yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, that kind of goes a little bit in line with what we discussed throughout this whole episode, and that's why I wanted to bring it up, because there again, it's that key, that key word, fear, and that's a little bit different this time around, because it's the left being so afraid of losing that threshold, but that's exactly what they want. They want people to disobey God. They want people to turn away from him. And that's why they want that disinformation exactly. out there. That's why they want to have Twitter. That's why they want to have Instagram and Snapchat and all these platforms. I mean, think about it guys. I mean, Biden literally recruited TikTok stars for all kinds of different things. I mean, throughout vaccine the vaccine programs, vaccine programs to there was another one too, Josh, I forget what happened recently, but there was another one that they used. And I, I don't know. Someone said he used, that, I think for the, maybe the Supreme court pick, maybe possibly, I, I can't remember if that was it or not, but anyways, that, I mean, they're literally abusing these platforms to get at kids that most of them can't even vote right now that are on these apps. I mean, so, I mean, they're not even of legal age to vote. I mean, you're talking 16, 17-year-old kids that pretty much make up all these apps. I mean, I would I don't know the statistics, but I would say if I'm a betting person, I would say TikTok, I would say a good 40 to 50% of their entire base is under the age of 17. So, um, you know, that right there kind of tells you that whenever 50% of your market, which is a huge market, by the way, when you're talking billions of users, um, whenever 50% of your market is under the age to be able to legally vote or even have an understanding of government for that matter, that says something about your policymaking and the people you're trying to groom. I mean, we want to talk about grooming. Oh yeah. I mean, not only Disney, but the democratic party, they're definitely in full swing. Yeah, you're right, Tony. 
I mean, that's what it is. Yep. It's grooming. It may not be sexual grooming. It's political grooming, but it's still grooming. You're grooming them kids to come up and be like, oh, yes. Ide- ideological yeah, exactly. grooming. I guess there, there you go. Say. That's even a, that's, yeah, definitely. But they're grooming them sexually, too, in the classroom, and we know about those stories oh, yeah. going on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I see tweets coming out from pastors on Twitter talking about how they're pro-choice or pro-LGBTQ. And I think there's a verse that I sent to Tony last night. Was it James 2-3, maybe? Yeah, I believe But it talks about how those who preach the word of God are held to an even higher standard when they face God. And it's mind-baffling that some of these pastors think that what they're doing is the right thing, but when they meet God, he's going to have a different conclusion for them. Yep. 100%. Chris, I really appreciate what you added. I think what you said is great and you're on the money. So do you guys have anything else to add to this episode today? Nope. That's all All I got. got. All right. That was a fun one. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for tuning in to Typical Twist. Adios. Later, guys. See you guys. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. For more cool content like this, follow at Typical Twist on Twitter and Instagram and visit TypicalTwist.com. You won't regret it. See you next time on Typical Twist.